Welcome everyone to Advisor Marketing Explained, brought to you by Oak and Stone Advisor Marketing, where we focus on sharing insights, tips, and some actionable strategies for financial advisors looking to grow their brand and their business. I'm your host, Alex Lurch, and I'm excited to be joined today by my guest, Derek Damano. Derek is the founding advisor with Flagship Asset Services based in Towson, Maryland. Derek has a passion for marketing, he's a brand builder, and he's a great example for other advisors of how to be confident and present in your marketing content that you create. How's it going, Derek? Good. Good. Thanks for having me, Alex. So uh, Derek Damano, um, as Alex said, certified financial planner, coming to you from uh, Towson, Maryland today, and just really happy to be on the podcast. Awesome. Thanks for thanks for joining us, Derek. You know, the goal today is we want to go through a few things, uh, topics that I think are really interesting for advisors that are trying to grow their marketing and grow confidence in the way that they're building their brand. I want to first start by talking about how you build confidence in yourself to create unique content and then build a brand. I want to talk with you a little bit about what's moved the needle for you in your marketing and what opportunities you see ahead. And then lastly, I want to share a story that you and I have both talked a little bit about, about a athlete who had the best season of his career after most were long retired. Awesome. Yeah, great. Super. Well, where do you want to start? All right. So let's, let's start by talking about how, you know, you built some confidence in marketing yourself. So what we talk a lot with advisors about is I want to be out there. I want to get my message out. I want to find new modern media ways to do it. But there's a question of confidence. So Derek, speak a little bit how you got started. You've now done a lot of video, a lot of content, a lot of different media. You're building it into your brand, but it didn't just happen overnight, right? Yeah. So uh, I think there's a couple of things, Alex, like, um, and, and, I, and there's a couple of really great examples. Like, so in our industry, there's some people I think you can look to and, and outside our industry that are just professional marketing people and so like inside our industry um michael kitsis is a great example uh and i'll talk like i'd like to i have some thoughts about you know um how he's influenced me and then i think in the marketing industry you have gary vaynerchuk right and so i think he's he's uh, love him or hate him or wherever you fall um he he's been influential uh, in the growth of a social media strategy for, for me. So maybe let me start with Gary. Uh, you know, I, I think one of the, the most influential things that he has said, uh, and I won't get this quote exactly right, but basically it's like, you just need to create content and nobody's looking at it except for like your mom in the beginning anyway. So just like start creating content and putting it out there, right? I mean, so the thing is, is that, having uh like some content is a million times better than than the no content it's like that whole Wayne Gretzky like you miss every shot you don't take and so right. it, it, and i think the other thing is is that in the beginning you know really there's not that many people like seeing your stuff anyway so you need to build momentum and i can you know alex here when we first started, we do a lot of short form video. I mean, sometimes it would be like three or four or five or 10 takes to get something that was somewhat quality. And then it still 
probably, if you look at my earlier stuff, is not nearly as natural as it is now. And, and I think that's where really Kitsies came in. He said something on his his podcast that really stuck with me is like you need to stand for something, right? And so this whole idea of like appealing to everybody and being like so vanilla, um, it, it, you know, I just have really tried to push back against that. Um, and not in an abrasive way, but we're obviously not for everyone. Like not everyone's going to be a fit with our firm. Not everyone, quite honestly, is going to going to care for for me and the way I think. And, you know, I mean, it's not I, I don't think uh, necessarily like an indictment of my character. It's just that certain people just click better. And so, you know, Kitsy says like, you know, stand for something. And so I think that when you're creating content and and you're thinking about marketing, you need to think about like, who are, who are you even talking to? You know, is that who, what does your ideal client really look like and, and how do you best serve them? I mean, that's the content I, we try to make is something that's going to be engaging, not to everybody, but to the people we really want to be having a conversation with, you know, and I think that those two guys inside and outside our, our, our industry are great places to look, doing things differently, but both really massively successful. Derek, a point you made that I, I absolutely love that gets lost on a lot of advisors is this idea that not only do you want to market to grow your business, but you want to market to your ideal fit client. Mm. So, so you want, you want to work with the people that work well with you. So what should happen, any, any marketing you do, every piece you put out should keep that in mind. Hey, does this speak to the ideal fit for me to work with? Right. And, and people hire people. And we know this, this old adage that we hire who we know, like, and trust. Mm -hmm. right? And you want your clients to know, like, and trust you. And that's who they want to hire. And that's what your marketing content should, should do. So if you're putting out content that isn't who you really are, what you believe in, you're trying to be something that, that that's different than you, you're going to fail at the conversion level anyway, because they're not going to necessarily be a good fit because what they're expecting from you is something different. So I think you have a good handle on that. I think not everyone does because they may see what another advisor did or another professional did and, and see how they have their own way of doing it and say, well, I like that. I want to copy that, but that's not really who you are. So I think that's a, a, a really important principle when you're starting to sit down and create content, you know, first of all, be yourself, be who you are. Um, Cause that will attract the type of people you want to work with. Um, and you, you gave a great um, two great um, people, Gary Vaynerchuk, who without a doubt, he is who he is. We know mm -hmm. that, right. If you've sure. ever seen his stuff, it, he speaks to a certain, he's a fantastic marketer, but he speaks to a specific, uh, specific group of people. Mm -hmm. And Michael Kitsis is the same way. He has a, a way about him that may not be a good fit for everyone, but um, he, he, he believes in who he is and he acts the way he is, which is uh, a big key piece of marketing that people forget. Yeah. I mean, Alex, I think there's always this, there's this imposter syndrome thing, regardless of how seasoned you are, right? That you know, they're like that's a real thing, and I don't think that's just in our industry. I think that exists like everywhere, right? I mean, um, at different levels. One of the things that I think helps with that is when you really get clear about um, what you're talking about. Like, who, who are we really trying to be uh, of service to? Like, you know, who are our people? 
and what does success look like, whatever that is. And then I think identifying that what that success looks like in a comparison way is probably not the path for you, right? And so so I think quantitatively, we can say, okay, well, this is what it kind of looks like. These are the goals. And this is how that person got there. But there's unique things. We're all totally unique, just, you know, just like our clients and their families, like they're all, they're, they might be similar, but they're unique. And I, I think finding, you know, that rhythm and the only way to start to build that rhythm is by getting uncomfortable and starting to create some content and then seeing, you know, like what happens. And, and, and I think in that what happens part, you need to be prepared that you're not going to, to go, you're most likely not going to go viral, right? Like that's not going to happen. And actually you might be looking at it and thinking like, who's even... Is anybody looking at this? But they are. It, and, and it's consistency in doing it on a regular basis that you will see it. And it doesn't happen overnight. And it can feel like, like a waste of time, maybe. But if you you have to commit, and then you have to be consistent, and, and then you just have to get uncomfortable, right? I think those are like key things in starting to do this. Um, and, and if you're not willing to do one of those, you know, I think it's going to be very hard to, to create success. Um, you know, at least, at least in, that's my opinion and what we're doing. Yeah. I think you, you said three things there commit, right? Yep. For sure. Be willing to get uncomfortable mm -hmm. and then be consistent. And, yeah. and that's really, and, and we, we speak with so many advisors that, and, and I can't tell you how many times I can give you the example of, Hey, we posted that video we created and it only got 47 views and, and nobody called. And I'll ask, well, how much did you get on the last video? And it's like, well, that was the first one. Right. So I was like, you have no relative point to compare your marketing to, right? So you have to, you have to try something and commit to it and give it some time. And then you, what you can do is then you can see if there's measurable growth. Because if you post the first one, you get 47 views on the 10th one, you might get 300 views. And now you got a, a call of interest or a lead form that came in. Mm -hmm. So and and you know that, Derek, because you've you've committed to it and you've done it. But if nothing else, you know, this should serve if you're listening an advisor listening to this. If you're going to try something outside your comfort zone, be ready to commit to it and be consistent with it. Mm -hmm. And 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 have a plan ahead of time to do that because otherwise what we'll see a lot of times after only a few you'll you'll fall off or, or maybe not stay committed to it because you just didn't say up front hey let's give this a shot i'm going to commit to doing this mm -hmm. yeah. yeah i mean i and i do I, I think really um if you're if you're not present in a consistent way i mean do you really exist beyond the current clients you have? Right. I mean, that's the thing is, is, um, and everybody out in whatever social media ecosystem you're in, they're not all going to be clients. They're not like, they're, they're not even all good prospects. Like that's, that's really, but and like when, when Nike or whoever runs a commercial, right? Like 
I mean, you might still go to Foot Locker and then decide when you're looking at that Nike that you're going to buy like an on cloud. <laughs> like, at the last, like, so, yeah. so, I mean, I think we just need to be realistic about like, what are we, we doing? And we get so into like, like these outputs that we can't control. Like I cannot control whether people sign up for my weekly market commentary. I can't control whether they like or comment. I can't control whether they download the materials that I provide, right? I can't control any of those things, right? But what I can do is I can control the three things we talked about. Like I can control my level of commitment. I can control whether I'm consistent with it, right? I can I can try to make sure that I am pushing the content in a way that maybe puts me somewhere new or slightly uncomfortable. And then I think the other thing about that, maybe this is the fourth thing is like, um, to what standard are we doing it? Right. And so, so like, there's this great analogy, like my girls play sports and it's like, okay, well, um, everybody's doing speed work. Everybody's going to practice. Everybody's doing wall ball, right? Like, but what standard is everybody doing it to? Right. And, and sometimes I think that gets lost too. Right. Like, so anyway, yeah. And you know, you're controlling the narrative of who you are by putting out good, consistent, content right that's true yeah. you you have a new you, someone who wants to refer you or somebody's looking you up or you met somebody and and they're they're trying to do some research on you you're putting out consistent media that says this is who i am this is what i'm about this is who i want to work with right so and you know our our core belief with marketing is especially in this industry is it's it's referral first and at the end of the day, what you're doing is when you're putting your content out there, it's not going just to potential new prospects. Yeah. It's going to your current clients. They're seeing it over and over. And they're it's justifying for them that, you know, my advisor is involved. He's educated. He's on top of things that are happening right now in this industry. Mm -hmm. And it just makes you more referable. And it, it, it gives them ammunition to refer you. Hey, go contact Derek. He, he'd be a great fit for you. Go to his Facebook page, watch some of his videos, go to his website, read some of his content and his commentaries. Um, and that's what gets lost on a lot of advisors. They're they're worrying about the next new prospect when in reality, you want to retain your current business and then grow your business from your business. Because your referrals, and you know this, Derek, every, referrals are dramatically easier to convert and more valuable prospects than um, than cold business. Yeah, and you want to be um, you want to be of service to the people to your to your clients, right? Like that's like sometimes that gets gets lo like lost, I think, in in some of that too, right? Like so, is the is the the content you're creating engaging and helpful to the people you already serve as clients? Um, and if it is, then you're probably on the right track, right? Because you want to duplicate those people and before you even duplicate them, we, we want to pour more value into those relationships. At least we do at this firm. And I think every every advisor that is, you know, they don't say, well, I want to give my my good clients less so I can find new people. You want to give your good people more. You know, I mean, there's a there's all sorts of bandwidth issues and all that sort of stuff. I think that the, uh, the other thing is, is like, um, whoever you are, right? Like Tony Robbins says this great thing, like the easiest person to be is yourself once you figure out who that is like so whoever you are in your marketing 
be like that should be the same person you are when you are in the office when you're at the grocery store when you're in church like when you're picking your kid up at or grandchild up like at, at school like be be yourself and you know what if you're a slightly abrasive individual for whatever reason people still still do business with you so still be that person don't be like an alter ego like people are drawn to other humans for whatever reason and if you are if you have clients and you're drawing people like and you you know um assuming that you have a group of friends that that like you then whoever you are is is perfectly good enough don't create this like other person that's going to be on your videos like just just be yourself i think that like you see that where you're like okay well there's like two people here and and I, I think that's really like I think that's uh you know you can jump the rails the the train can go you know the wrong direction on that one yeah I, I couldn't agree with you more it's it's a it's an important message for any industry really but definitely for other advisors to hear um Derek I want to pivot a little bit I want to talk about sure. um some of the things that you're doing that are actionable that you're that okay. you're seeing success and kind of how you've grown your marketing. Um, you know, that we can maybe uh, create some recommendations for other advisors on on things that they could try if they're if they're a good fit for them. So, um, you know, one of the things I want to talk about is I think you do a fantastic job, not only in, in just doing consistent uh, video marketing, um, mm -hmm. but you're you're really active on LinkedIn. So do you want to talk about that a little bit? Yeah, I mean, I, I've really embraced LinkedIn. I, I mean, I think the other I think. Uh, the platforms that we engage in are Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And um, and I think the key is is the the content and the messaging and the branding is the same. And and what my experience is is that you will you will attract what your content is speaking to. Like those types of individuals will be drawn to it. So yeah, maybe it's a little bit different in format and you can do some fun stuff with like uh Instagram that you can't necessarily or wouldn't wouldn't work on LinkedIn but like I think the the there's consistency across the messaging right um the place that we've really committed to in 2023 or, or really the second half of it I would say and we'll are going to double down on is is LinkedIn I mean I think there's a lot of reasons for that um the, I think the first is it's a really in my opinion, Right. So the big asterisk there. So this is my is it's a stable network. Like it's a it it you don't the the type of content and the type of content that gets interacted with and the way in which you interact is about the same. Right. So um it's a positive network too, right? Like so you know, the way that content's engaged in, even though I do, you know, there's there is it's not that there's total agreement, right? It's not like this unilateral agreement, but the, but the way that professionals interact with each other, I think generally, you know, is um, at a certain level because of it, it's like an expectation on the platform. Um, I think the other thing about, about um, LinkedIn is that um, it just gives you the ability um to to really um 
see who you're who you're trying to connect with, right? So like on on Facebook, it's great if you went to high school with that person, right? But growing a social network on Facebook gets a little bit like maybe scary if they're not already a like a client, right? Or you haven't done business with them. Same thing with Instagram, where I feel like on LinkedIn, it, it's a business type platform. You're generally dealing with other people at a business level. Um, there's there's some probably personal stuff that gets posted, right? For sure. But um, but it doesn't have those same nuances that the other platforms have. And so that it's really appealing to me for that reason too. Yeah, it's certainly, you know, any any marketing can work on any platform, right? If if done correctly. But, you know, as you mentioned, LinkedIn has a network that's targetable that appeals to a lot of financial advisors, right? We're talking about um professional, like highly motivated professionals, uh, mid-career people. Um the type of content on there is a little bit more consistent, it's more professional. Um, and then your ability to target people on that platform for job title, company, type of profession, geography is 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 significantly more um sophisticated for those for those targets than than maybe a, an Instagram or a Facebook or or Twitter. I um, LinkedIn too, Alex, gives you the ability to um I mean the way we approach it is uh we're not trying to sell anybody anything right so the idea is if i'm connecting with you on linkedin like i'm trying to connect with you with the idea that we share some sort of common thread and that you might find my um material like my content engaging and if you do then we can start to interact L like it's the it's probably the one place that you can actually build uh, network and relationships on, in my opinion, on a social media, because you can, you share these common threads that you can see, right? And then if they start to, if you were to start to engage with my content, then maybe at some point I get the opportunity that we can develop that, that into a, the next level of a relationship. I, I don't know that you have that same opportunity as an advisor on these other platforms, right? I don't know how that, that, that works. And, and I think the word of caution is like, if you have in mail and all this sort of stuff is, you know, if you're getting that from some sort of other professional and they're, they're coming at you that they want to sell you a service or set up a call and you've never met this person, you're probably not accepting it. So if you're going to use this as, as a mechanism to grow a network, don't do the same thing. Like, don't reach out and be like, hey, you know, like, let's schedule a Zoom. I want to tell you how great my uh, my financial planning process is. Like, just just try to build, like, some relationships with other humans, right? I mean, like, I, yeah, anyway. Yeah, so, you know, to, to summarize that, you're not, hey, come work with me, right? It's connect and then create value. Right. Create the connection through some type of, um, natural message that, Hey, here's, here's how we may be a good fit. Here's some advice that we share. Here's some content we have that may be helpful. Mm -hmm. Speak to a real life event and then nurture that, nurture that business through that connection and, and post content that will be valuable to them. Yeah. And it, again, another, we talked about commitment and consistency. That's a multi-step process. Mm -hmm. Is it a lot easier to send a cold email or, or phone message or whatever? Yeah, it's easier, but it's, it's likely not going to be as effective in 
in in the marketplace that we're working with now. Yeah. Yeah. I would awesome. agree for sure. Derek, let's talk about I have another thing. I want to talk about um creating content mm-hmm. ideas. Like how do you come up with the ideas you do content or videos about? Um, how do you decide what those are? And then, you know, how do you organize those things? Yeah. Um, okay, well, I mean, truthfully, with with some help, right? Um so I think that's that like that's important, but you, and not but and uh, like I think as I go through the day or through the week, um, you have these ideas and they they strike you, and so um, so this was actually from um, Carl Richards, so Kitsies and Carl, like you know, he he said if you've been in this this business for a long time, you say these things in meetings that are like little gems, right? All the time. Like you're, you're like, you don't even realize you're creating content all the time. And that like, that's, I think that um, is an important idea. Like, so throughout your day, you might be in a meeting or you might have a conversation or something might come up and you think, okay, like there's some value in talking about, I don't know, like a beneficiary designation or, something a client asked about that's in a headline or, you know, I mean, so I think just being aware and then realizing that this doesn't have to be like a dissertation, right? So uh, like a combination of saying, okay, well, we know that that the IRS is is changing the, the limits on qualified plan contributions. Okay, well, that's important, right? And like, so that content goes out, but then l- let's say like, um, you know, you're coming into year end and a client has a specific question and you think, well, geez, um, or, or they have a question regarding, you know, uh, something in the planning. You think, well, this would be applicable to a lot of people. Why don't we talk about that? Um, or, right, like, I mean, there's some content out there where, you know, like I just finished a run and you have like this great idea or something happens on that run and you think like, Okay, well, that was kind of cool. And if you're spending time reflecting on it and you think that might be value, well, why not share it if it's genuine, right? And so I think kind of like blowing the doors off of like, okay, well, every time people see me, like I have to have this pre-scripted, perfect like thing. It's like that I'm going to talk about and I'm going to impress them so much with my knowledge of NUA and tax loss harvesting. And all they hear is like, it's like that Charlie Brown peanuts that won't, 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 won't like they don't like, like yeah. yeah. I mean, so the thing is, is, that, you know, I think we have all this head trash about creating content where um, if we would just reflect on the type of content that we're engaging in, like looking at, like we're like, oh, that's it. Like, so maybe that's like, you say, okay, well, let's shine a light on that. Like, what am I looking at? Uh, I'm not looking at the super professional video that's been done, right? Uh, the one that I watched is like, it, it looks like, I don't know, it looks like they're about ready to get into like an ice bath. Like, what, like what's going on there? Like, you know, so anyway, I don't know if that answered your question. No, it did. And, you know, it, it's, I think the point you made is you have all these ideas throughout the day and these thoughts that come yeah. across your, and how do you just make sure you keep track of them? Um you know, one thing I recently started doing is, you know, I have a, I, I'm a hybrid work environment and I, I have a little bit of commute when I come into the office. Yeah. 
So, you know, I'll, I'll just be driving home and I have all these things that I'm thinking about from the day or ideas or thoughts. And I will now just put, I put Otter AI on my phone. It's a di dictation tool. You can record yourself and then it will transcribe yeah. basically anything you say to it. And I will sometimes just turn it on and just start talking. Mm -hmm. Here's things I did throughout the day, thought about some content ideas. And I might talk for 20, 30 minutes and then stop it. And then what I'll do is I'll then go back later, pull that transcription and then look at it. And it's, it's almost like if you've ever seen the movie, Billy Madison at the end, he's, he's answering that question in the contest and the moderator, the moderator basically tells him that that is the most ridiculous answer information he's ever heard something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. And that's what it's like when I listen to it. It's like, what did I just say? But what I'll do is I'll take it and I'll throw it into like a, a, a language model AI, like a chat GBT or Google's Bard and say, Hey, here's, here's my notes. Summarize this down into one page for me. And then, and then you get back. And what en ends up happening is I'll look at that and be like, Hey, what I said was all over the place, but I was able to use AI to organize. Now I have like, five, six, seven things, whether it's ideas of, of things yeah. to do content on, or it's just reminders of things I want to work on, or something I talked about in a meeting that day that I wanted to elaborate on more. Um, and I found that's a great way to um, siphon down your thoughts and get, and then you maybe I'll do that twice a week. And I have maybe a month's worth of of things that I can create content or, or ideas on. So something I just yeah, wanted to I share. think that's cool. Like, I think that's really cool. Um, and, and I wish I could say that, that, that I do that, but I don't is the truth. Um, I think what I do try to do is when these things come into my mind is you record right then. Mm -hmm. Right. So like, if you're leaving like and and, and I mean that like, if you're driving your kids home from the field, like you don't record like right that second. And sometimes it's not appropriate to record. And then you like, usually I'll use like notes or something. I'll put it like a note. I'll be like, Hey, I really want to, record that. But what, what I find is that if you can record, like if you have an idea that really strikes you, like stirs your spirit, if you can record that, like right away, the energy that you have recording that is much better than if I wait 36 hours and then try to recreate that energy to share a thought. Right. And sometimes you like that thought, you create the content and obviously, Alex, you and I work together and like you share it and you're like, man, that's not good content. Like, yeah, that was a great idea. And it's and it's cool, but it's really just not it's it doesn't. And so you scrap it. You move right? on to the next one. Right? Yeah, you just move on to the like, next one. yeah, you have a million thoughts yeah. like every day. Like you just say that just didn't work out the way we thought it would. But I, I think you just give yourself the 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 um, artistic freedom to say, like, I had a thought. I'm going to record it. And if you're not sure about it, have somebody else watch it or watch it 36 hours later, right? I, you know, um, what I can tell you is I'm pretty sure that the people that are following you on social media don't want you to give them a market update that the market's up 400 points or down 400 points, right? Mm -hmm. So like nothing that you're generally, nothing that you're going to post is going to be so timely that you need to record it and post it right that second. Sure. But you do, and you're doing obviously an awesome job you need to capture the thoughts somewhere. So anyway. Yeah. I mean, then that's what we're doing here, right? Yeah. Hey, if you listen to this, you're, there's a couple of things that aren't going to resonate with you. But like, again, if you, if you take this information in, and this is true with anything you listen to any video media podcast, typically you're going to grab a portion of a message that resonates to you. And it's yeah. true. If you read a book, whatever it is, 
And, you know, that's really the goal. And when you're creating content, you may create five in a row, four may not resonate with somebody, but the fifth might. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a success. And that's what people have to realize as they're, as they're coming up with ideas. Sure. So anyway, Derek, I want to kind of finish up here. Um, you know, one of the things we, we like to do, do on this show that's unique is, um, you know, talk about a, a book passage or a quote or, you know, something we've seen in the news that we're thinking about that's relevant to the conversation we have. So, so coincidentally, we both um, just recently finished, read and finished um, Adam Grant's new book, which is called uh, Hidden Potential. Mm-hmm. And there's this chapter in the book. Uh, it's called Getting Unstuck. And in this chapter, he talks about a former pitcher, R.A. Dickey. So R.A. Dickey spent most of his professional career jumping between the majors and minors. Yeah, you could you could say he was for the most part a below average pitcher. Started in the in the majors and minors around 25, and got to about 34, and and had almost no real high level success as a pitcher. Mm-hmm. But the the book goes on to explain it at about 35 years old what he decided to do, and he was starting to lose even more value of his pitches. His fastball was falling off, things like that. He completely broke himself down and he taught himself a knuckleball. Right. The Mets signed him on a whim a, a year later. And over the next three years, he became one of the best pitchers in baseball. And he was arguably the best starter for the New York Mets at 37 years old. And if you think about it, most pitchers are, are long retired by then. Um, and it, I, we thought it, we both agreed that we talked about that. This was a fascinating story. Yeah. For sure. Well, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I, um, well, a couple of things. I think the idea, if you, if you read a book, if you can get like one idea, right. And now in the, in, in that story, like we've talked about, I think that was the the big takeaway for me. And it wasn't the age and it wasn't the fact that he, like, we have this on time and off time thing we experience in life when we're aligned with our peers. It wasn't, it wasn't even that. Um, what it was for me was as he, as the story was being told and you start to hear about this transition, I mean, not just like the, how tenacious he was for his dream and all this stuff. That's just really just such a great story. But the takeaway for me was that he had coaches and he had mentors, right? And he had created this thing. He knew what he, he could quantify what success was like, what did that look like? Right. Like you, and you just talked about it playing for the Mets and, but in the, in the storytelling, there came a point where he started to realize it's not that the coaches or the mentors were wrong. It's that their path to success at, at some point was going to be different than his in slightly, right? That, that, that he was going to need to figure out how he was going to discern the information that they were giving to him and make it his own to be able to go to that next level, that that trying to be somebody else wasn't going to get him where he wanted to be. But what he did need was that somebody else, that coach or mentor to show them how they walked the path and what their path looked like. Right. And then he, he saw that path and then said, okay, like the last two steps on that path are going to be slightly different for me. And these are how I'm going to hone it. And so I, I think so often, like, in so many things, right? And and personally, I see it like with my kids is like, you know, you're trying to figure out like how you get there 
And you certainly need coaches and mentors, right? They're invaluable. But then to realize that those coaches and mentors, like they're not, you're not them. And I think it's probably unlikely that you're going to find a coach or a mentor that's going to be exactly the same as you, that you could walk exactly the same path. Even if the path is really close, the footsteps aren't going to be the same, right? Sure. And so I think yeah, that sure. that's so applicable to the conversation we've been having this morning, right? Is that the content, Alex, that you're going to create and the content that I'm going to create after reading the same book, if that's what we were going to talk about, is going to be different, right? It's it's just like the nature of being human. And, and I, I think you lean into that, not shy away from it. Yeah. And, you know, I, I want to read this. This is an actual passage from the book, which I think um, puts it together perfectly. So it's not so much that we're stubborn or resistant to change. We hate the thought of giving up the gains we've already made. We forget that sometimes the best way to move forward is to go back to the drawing board. If your fastball is slowing down and your career is stalling, you have nothing to lose by tinkering with the knuckleball. We shouldn't be so afraid of failing that we fail to try. And now you may be thinking, why are we talking about a aging pitcher and, and comparing it to marketing? But if you think about it, the whole point of this is we shouldn't be afraid of failing, so afraid of failing that we fail to try. And that's what happens with a lot of people when, they, when they're doing marketing, whether it's in the imposter syndrome or it's the lack of consistency or it's the lack of confidence in doing it or understanding of how to doing you got to try, you know, if, if something's not working, you got to try the knuckleball when it comes to marketing. So I just, you know, I think that's a great message when we're, we're thinking about how we want to grow our business and our marketing. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it's, I would agree, Alex. And, and, and I think the, the expectation too, right? So we set these expectations, we, we place these expectations on things that I, I'm not sure are realistic right and and when marketing is like so if you're marketing on one of these platforms like are you expecting an outcome that's different than if you went to like the black tie gala right because you go to the gala and you're hopeful that you're going to just meet some nice people and have some good conversation right you don't go there thinking you're going to land your next biggest client at least or maybe i've been doing it wrong all these years i don't know <laughs> but but you go to support an event right and so you know anyway I mean, I could talk about this all day with you. I know we don't have all day. Um, hidden potential, like great book, Alex. Great call out on that quote. Yeah, man. we should end it. The best way to end this is I would say um, highly recommend any Adam Grant book, but Hidden Potential is is one of the better books um, I've read. I've read recently. I know you feel the same. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Well, and and Alex, thanks for having me today. Well, hey, thanks for joining us, Derek. Um, you know, thanks to everybody listening. What I would recommend is if you're finishing this, um, go follow Derek Damano on LinkedIn. You can see a lot of what he's doing, what he's creating, the content he has. Subscribe to his newsletter there. Follow him. Um, he's a great example of how to create different pieces of content and do it in a way that, that talks about who he truly is. Um, you know, make sure to follow us on YouTube and um, subscribe to our podcast for more marketing tips and insights going forward. With that... Appreciate you guys listening. Thank you.